Hey everyone, welcome to the Work Friends Podcast, where we bring meaningful conversations to you. I'm Jen Brubaker, and I'm here with my co-host, work and real friend, Ainsley Stanley. This season on the podcast, we're chatting with some of our other work friends from across our country who are part of the Youth Unlimited YFC family. We'll hear their stories, why they do what they do, and how they're furthering God's kingdom in Canada. So make some pumpkin parfait, heck, eat it too, and enjoy today's episode. Today on the podcast, we are so excited to have Marcy Ammon, who is the Options Ministry Director, which is a pregnancy center in the Montreal area of Youth for Christ. She's so passionate about what she does and has an amazing story of redemption, of purpose, of calling, and we know you're going to be so encouraged by it. So enjoy. Well, here is your official welcome to the Work Friends podcast. So thank you so much for joining us. We're very excited to hear a little bit about you. So, Okay, I'm glad to be here. All right. And <laughs> so we usually like to start just getting a little bit of get to know you. So we have some fun facts for you just to answer. So uh, just a bunch of random things mostly. So first of all, uh, where did you grow up? I grew up in northern British Columbia. So um, I live in Quebec now, but when I say I'm from BC, they're like, oh, you're from Vancouver. It's so nice there. And I'm like, no, I'm not from (laughs) Vancouver. I'm from 15 hours north of Vancouver over two mountain ranges where there's eight months of winter. That's where I'm from. (laughs) Wow. Nice. Wow. Fort St. John, British Columbia. That is unique. Eight months of winter. That... You it usually snows resilience. in September and then it snows in May and uh yeah it will snow any month but uh it it usually has snow in September and usually has snow in May so wow that's awesome uh what is your favorite beverage coffee or how do you take your coffee just milk cools it down a little cuts a little of the bitterness Yeah, it doesn't give you that sweet sort of taste in your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you prefer waffles or pancakes? Hmm. I think waffles, as long as you have the right toppings. Otherwise, pancakes, because they can, they're more versatile. Mm, So maybe that's not a good answer, but it depends. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's fair. I I think that the best part about pancakes and waffles is the toppings. So, um, where is the best place that you've been to, or your favorite place you've been to? Um, I got to go to Hawaii a couple of times, and Hawaii is just amazing. When you just land and the plane opens, and you just smell floral heaven, and it's amazing. It's amazing. Oh, it's on my bucket list. Never been. Oh, you got to go, guys. You got to go. Oh, we'll, we'll take work friends on the road. The bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyone in Hawaii that wants to come on the podcast will come to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Consider this your official invite. <laughs> <laughs> what is one item on your bucket list? Um... Gee, I don't know. I, I'm really living what I want to live, so I don't mm. know. Oh, 
I guess sleeping awesome. for a really long time and being finished my work, but that's after we die. So, you know, I guess, I don't know, Evan. <laughs> What's on your bucket list? Getting a good night's sleep. <laughs> <laughs> really, just really long good rest. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, If you weren't working at YFC, what would you be doing? I would be an at-home mom and very involved in my community and rocking that. Mm. Nice, nice. Well, that gives us a few things just to know about you, but uh, we'll just kind of hand over the mic to you and just to introduce yourself and share if there's anything else other than liking waffles that uh, you might like to share what you do for a living, who you are, your family, all that stuff. Okay. Um, I am 39 and I say that because too many people don't say their age after 27. Mm. (laughs) And I think that we need to own our age in a way that is um, celebrating, you know, what is it like to be 39? What is it like to be, you know, as I'm going to head into my 40s and whatever anyways. So I know I'm making a thing about age, but I think it's important. um, And I want to pave the way for that. Let's, let's define what each age is for the next ones that will come after. So Mm. I'm 39. I've been married for 20 years. Since I was 18, I had to be signed for to get married in British Columbia. We were pregnant and we wanted to get married before we we had babies. So anyway, I have six kids um, before I was 25 or when I was 25, just 25. That's when I had my fourth baby um, cause we didn't plan our first one. And then we, but we thought, well, we don't, we're not going to wait to have the rest. So, um, so, um, then we had, so we had a girl to start and then two boys. And then I was like, oh my goodness, I'm done. I cannot do it. It could be another boy. <laughs> There's so much energy. I don't have the energy. Like they're there. I can't, I can't, it could be a boy. And there are a lot of energy. <laughs> and then uh, we got pregnant with our, our, our next one, which ended up being a girl. So our first and our last, our two girls are, were both surprises, um, but, but joys as well. The boys are a joy as well. But anyway, so I have four kids. <laughs> and, um, and now I have two more um, because we, have, uh, we were a special placement foster family. Um, so we were, anyways, it's a long story, but now we have two other little ones. Um, they came in 2018 and they are currently, um, eight and six. So mm. our oldest is 20 and our youngest is six. And I work full time with YFC. Hearing that little introduction and knowing what you do, it's like, oh, this is cool to see like how, yeah, like you are a mom and you have lots of kids and hearing that you guys are, um, yeah, have been, um, yeah, like a safe place for kids to, to be in your home. Um, I'm really excited to dive into this conversation. So mm-hmm. we will dive more into what you do at YFC cause we're highlighting, um, staff stories for this mm-hmm. season, but for you personally, how, uh, did you come to know God? What is, um, yeah, your faith journey been up until this point? So I was really blessed to grow up in a Christian family, in a Christian community. Um, 
my uncles and aunties and my community was just believers. We just followed Jesus. And so I'm really blessed to be able to just have an, the idea that the world is created, that I'm created, um, that there's a God who loves us and has a plan for us. Um, that's just all I've known. That's how I mm. learned about life. And so I'm really grateful for that. I became a Christian when, um, so of course we went to church. We had a little community church. Uh, I, I grew up in the country and um, my, you know, aunties were the Sunday school teachers and the little felt, the little felt stories and things <laughs> yeah. like that. And anyway, I just remember being like, you know, her telling us about Jesus died for our sins and he loves us and he, he wants us, uh, you know, he, he forgives us so we can accept this gift from him and he will come live in our heart and he will um, help us along the way and, and we can we can live with him that way. And I was like, that's what I want. I think he died for my sins and I accept that and, and uh, I want to love you, Jesus, and follow you. And so I remember that I was very young. I, I was before five. I was very young. Mm. And uh, so that's just how I how I, um, yeah, was raised. And uh, I think also a part of that for me, uh, as far as the faith story, that's, I'd like to highlight is that um, people can feel that the faith that you have as a child doesn't count. Like those little ones, they don't count. That's not really when you started to follow Jesus. And I know for our, our church, for my cousins and, and my friends, uh, you know, it was like this, you're getting to 10, 11, 12, and there's all this like, oh, maybe it doesn't count, maybe it didn't. And then there's this fear. I'm asking Jesus in my heart. I'm asking Jesus in my heart. Like, I'm like, did it count? Did it count? Does it count? And I just feel like, forget that nonsense. He, Jesus mm-hmm. says, you know, we all need to come to him like a child. He makes way for children to come to him. And then we never stop our journey till we're dead. You know, like we're being sanctified till we're dead. And it's going to be a real relationship. So it's going to be questions and up and down and this and that. And so the things that happen as a teenager, it doesn't mean you don't love him. It doesn't mean your faith wasn't real. It doesn't mean that he, you haven't been journeying with him. It just, it's just a, a time. So I, I like mm. to say that to encourage people who so many people are like, oh, it didn't count as a kid. And I'm like, maybe, maybe for some it didn't. It wasn't real faith. It uh, wasn't real sort of acceptance to journey with him, except his grace. But I think for many it is, and it just doesn't get counted. So, mm. Wow. I think that's really beautiful. And I think it's a good encouragement to so many people who, who feel that, who are like, well, I didn't start taking it seriously till I was older. Or, you know, what does that mean? Um, but just to say that, like, Jesus has been with us from the beginning, whether we're even following him or not, and just to say that what we did as a child does count. And, Mm -hmm. wow, that's really beautiful. Um, So can you tell us a little bit more about your job at YFC? Yes, I am uh, the director of a pregnancy center. So we're Options Resource and Pregnancy Center for Youth. So there's pregnancy centers across Canada, uh, so many will be familiar with that concept. Um, basically just people who have unplanned or unexpected pregnancy circumstances and are thinking, oh my goodness, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what my choices are. I, I, I didn't want to be pregnant right now. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. So this is what we do. We can have them come and just talk and have somebody hear them and just, uh, let them know what their options are and let them know the supports that are available and let them be able to have, you know, some, just bring it, bring it down, calm it down. And then that they can know there's, there's, um, 
no judgment, that there's love and that there's support. So that's what I do. Um, and, and so people will be familiar with that across Canada. Normally, it's open to any age. Pregnancy centers are normally, you can have an unexpected pregnancy at many ages in life and everybody needs support in it. Um, but because we're with YFC, um, we're actually unique in Canada in that we, we support 25 and under is kind of our mandate. Teen through 25 is what we say. So mm-hmm. that's foundationally what um, what we do, what, where we're, our focus is. If we only did one thing, it would be that. It would be per- pregnancy option support. But we also um, have a real focus on um, supporting through the adoption choice because there's not very much support for that in Quebec. In fact, there's, mm-hmm. there's basically none for birth families. There's basically no support. Um, and also through um, parenting. To be a young parent is tough. And um, to be a parent unexpectedly is tough. And there's a lot of challenges and there can be a lot of, you know, it's irresponsible even for you to carry your pregnancy. You shouldn't, you shouldn't even do that. You'd be wrong. And there's a lot of challenges um, and a lot of issues that can come up. So we want to be able to support for them to be excellent parents, for them to have this be an opportunity for life change, um, for community, for, for new, new goodness in their life as well. And so that's where we really um, stand in the gap and support as well. So that is, that is sort of the foundation of my work. Mm. I think it's, it's such a gift for, I think for me anyways, I won't speak for you Ainsley, but I'm sure it's the same to sit in this (laughs) position of like talking with people from across Canada who work at YFC and the different ministries um, Ainsley and I work at a, at a youth center and we work within the, our community and the schools and stuff like that, much different than what you're doing. And yet we're all under, we're all doing yes. this together, right? Like YFC, yes, but like God's kingdom here on earth, right here, right now. So I just think it's such a gift and such a blessing that you are in the position that you are in and that you're actually able to, yeah, you said it perfectly, stand in the gap. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, yeah, I, I just love it. It's mm-hmm. so, so encouraging um, mm-hmm. that there's places like that and people like you who are, yeah, have a passion and a desire for that. Um, so how did you get involved with YFC? I'm sure, um, yeah, like it wasn't like, I'm 39, I'm going to be the director of a pregnancy center <laughs> under YFC. Um, yeah, but how did you get involved? Where did it begin? Um, I got pregnant <laughs> at, <Yeah>. at 18 <laughs> and yeah, and yeah I, 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 like I said, I was, uh, I was a Christian and, but you know, life, life happens and, uh, mm. and anyway, I got pregnant and so I, in the, our church or in, in just anyways, as part of my experience, I knew there was pregnancy centers our churches would support them and. Um, you know, it's just part of the community. And uh, so when we got pregnant, my now husband, um, we just had a sense that we would work in that, that we would work in pregnancy care at some point. At, well, we knew it wasn't then, but we knew we just had a sense that at some point we would work in it. Um, so that was sort of the beginning. Um, I guess the beginning actually before that, as far as location um, I went to um, with youth with a mission with my family when I was ten. Uh, so we were in mm-hmm. Hawaii. That was one of my times in Hawaii. Oh, uh, that's where we did our our three months training. Was in Hawaii. That's not a bad gig. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, before we did outreach in Korea, Malaysia, and Thailand uh, for two months. But anyways, so that's what I turned ten in Hawaii, 
And I just had a sense that, so there's people coming from all nations, right? So I had a friend who was Norwegian, a little boyfriend there, he, and he learned to speak English so we could have a conversation within three months. And I just thought, even at 10, I don't know, I'm a, I was an oldest, so I'm a bit mouthy maybe, but I was like, uh, <laughs> I was like, this is just ridiculous how we teach language in Canada. I mean, we are supposed to be English and French, and I've been taking French classes for how long, and I don't know how to do anything but read the cereal box. And this friend learned English in three months, and so weird, something is going wrong here. And I mean, I want to learn French because I believe in this for Canada, and in Europe they know three languages, and and why can't we at least know two? And there's a problem with our system. And anyways, I'm like, I want to live and raise my children where they'll be able to hear French and we can actually know it. And, and, and anyways, that was sort of one part. And I just had this sense drawing me to Quebec, um, mm. just really drawing me. And there was something with skating. I could, I was just like coming the, the beacon was like pointing in that direction for me. And, um, and I mean, I felt it really strongly. And so my, my you know, on Northern BC and the rest of Canada, I mean, it's not that Quebec is the favorite province, you know, so, uh, <laughs> and also, so it's like that, that, that actually, you know, when people are like, I don't know what God wants from me. I don't know what he's speaking to me. I don't know what he's saying. I'm like, listen to what he gave you to love. Listen to the mm. passion he put in your heart. Listen to the things that you think. Not everyone thinks those things and not everyone feels those things. So like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that matters that matters. Like I have a friend who her and her husband, they wanted to go up North and be missionaries in Alaska. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's cold enough where I am. No, no, no. So it matters what we feel and what the passions that are given to us. So anyway, that was the Quebec piece. Um, and then my husband, uh, uh, but he was like, no, over my dead body, over my dead body. Oh, are we going to Quebec? Uh, no way. And, uh, eventually my dream just sort of got put away. Mm. And, uh, but then he got very sick. He got uh, very sick. He, he ended up, we tried to get life insurance at 25 and they said, no, you can't have life insurance and you need to go to the hospital because something is not okay. And so we found out at that time, uh, when I was 25, uh, very pregnant with our last baby that uh, he has ulcerative colitis and primary sclerosis cholangitis, which, um, is, both autoimmune diseases, his colon would be attacked and his liver would be attacked and um, by his immune system till they would just, anyways, his liver would eventually die. It would be blackened. He would, he would die if he didn't get a new liver. So eventually he would be, it would be damaged enough. He would need to be on the transplant list. Anyways, so you have a period of time though while your body attacks itself until you are the one sick enough and dead enough to be next on the list or even to get onto the transplant list, you have to be very mm. sick. So the time came in 2012 when that was really coming. It was, he couldn't work hardly anymore. If he played hockey, he had to sleep for three days. If he worked, he wow. had to sleep for three days. Like he just, it was like, okay, the time is coming where now I'm going to be the one who has to be the breadwinner for the family. Uh, so it won't, it won't happen for him anymore. So, uh, that was 2012 and then God opened my dream back up. He was like, I was like, so if it's me, then maybe we can go do like unplanned pregnancy support in Quebec. Maybe then if mm. it's, we could do that. And I was trained also as a, a care attendant to be able to take care of older people. So, I mean, I have four kids and a dying husband. So I'm like, you know, and, and Fort St. John is where there's a lot of money. So this, and our family was all there. So just so much mm. fear to leave because 
what do people have jobs in other cities in the country or you know will I be able to be employed or will this even work to work how does it work to work at a pregnancy center I don't know how how do you make that your full-time work so anyway but God just that just bloomed up came like it's time it was like a it's time so we Mm. it's a bit of a story from there but in the end (laughs) we moved our kids over in 2013 summer and we knew the instructions were buy the house, get it ready to get our boxes unpacked, and then go to the pregnancy center here to see how to make that our full-time job. So we did that. I did not call ahead. Why didn't I call ahead to the pregnancy center? I have no idea. But I know that God can make us think and do anything. And he works mm. in the things we do and in the things we don't do. So I did not call ahead. <laughs> we just moved here. <laughs> we knew that there was a center because we talked to a pastor, but I did not call the center. Anyway, um, so when we did that, we bought the house, we settled in, and we came over. I came over. Okay, here I am. We really feel strongly that God is calling uh, me to work here, uh, for us to be here. And, um, and, uh, and so it turns out that was with YFC. Again, it's not normal that it's with YFC pregnancy centers. I think we might be the only pregnancy center with YFC Canada. Um, but uh, it was with YFC. And the way that you do that as your nine to five is to be a missionary, is the missionary model. So I was like, what? Yeah, I have to raise <laughs> my support? I have to, I'm a Mennonite woman. I don't ask people for money. No, 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 no. But I'm like... Okay, God, if that's how this is going to go, okay, so, mm. et voila, there we go, on we go, on we go, <laughs> and it happened, and uh, yeah, so now, uh, that was in 2013, December 1st, 2013 was my start date, and, uh, and um, so that's how I was called. Wow. Uh, how <laughs> we got to this one, too, is, well, we needed to be near a place where Calvin could have his transplants where he could have his team Edmonton and Montreal are the the uh transplant specialists in Mm -hmm. Canada Edmonton for the west and Montreal for the east he ended up in 2012 actually getting very sick where it was like we were maybe going to get trapped on the west where I wouldn't be able to go because he'd be too sick he'd need to be there and that's Mm -hmm. a commitment then you're stuck there so he did recover enough he slept for like two months and he recovered enough. Like he couldn't help it. It wasn't, it wasn't to recover. It was just he ended up being very sick and sleeping for like two months. And he recovered enough that it was like, I think we can do it. I think we can go. I think we can get on the other side and go. Mm-hmm. And then once we got here, now he's been with his team here. But anyways, that was one of the things. Mm-hmm. And there is a pregnancy center here in Chattagay, which there's actually only three, four-ish, but three really pregnancy centers in Quebec as a whole. So the fact that wow. there's town, Chattagay, right here, and then Chattagay is also 30% English. So because we don't speak French, we thought, okay, that it's actually like the most English per capita. And so we thought, mm-hmm. we'll start there because that'll ease us in. At least we'll be able to talk to someone, you know, to, to get while we learn. So there was just a lot of little factors that God just narrowed it in. But it's also why in my calling, I'm very strong about it. I know very clearly where God has me and why he has me and what he has me to do. I don't question that at all. I feel it like tangibly. I know what I'm supposed to do with my life Mm. and where I'm supposed to do it. Wow. (laughs) I'm like kind of speechless right now. Like the idea of 
moving your whole family to Quebec because you knew that was where and you didn't even have a job yet and then had to fundraise once you got there. <laughs> like, that is amazing. <laughs> so, wow, that's so beautiful. And so, well, we can tell you're very passionate about what you do and your mm. calling. Um, and you did mention a little bit about, you know, getting pregnant at 18 a little bit. But can you talk a little bit more about why you're so passionate about what you do at mm-hmm. uh, Options? Yeah, well, and that is that is why is because of having lived through it, and and though I, I again, I'm I'm a Mennonite girl, and I felt like from five years I could take care of my own self and my own family, and I knew what I knew, I knew I was going to do this thing, and anyway, so it wasn't like I was like, oh, I'm, I babysat. I I felt pretty good to step into what I needed to do, but we also just had a real sense of uh, that that was the call, and. Um, and I saw other people really struggling and people that, you know, don't know that they want to carry their pregnancy. I mean, even us, we considered abortion. We did consider abortion. Um, I got pregnant. I knew I was pregnant in November, December-ish. And I mean, we had been dating for seven months and we were, we were Christians. We were not supposed to be having sex. We didn't want to, I mean, you know, if I would be on birth control and then I would feel we'd try not to be having sex and then, and then, uh, and then I'd feel guilty for being on it and then I'd go Mm -hmm. off it and you can't do that. And, you know, it just, it was a, it's just a conundrum. It was just a frustration and, and then we were pregnant and then it, but he lived at home. My husband, Calvin, he lived at home and, and he worked for his dad and he didn't have a car. Like it was just like, what if they kick us out? What if you lose mm. your job? Like, what if, and, and just also, and just, I don't know, it's just this sense as a woman, just me, I felt like sort of swayed into like this idea of, of okay, I guess we can't really keep it. We wanted to get married, but mm. like in three years, not now. And we didn't want to be having a baby and not be married. And anyway, so for a month, we thought about we're going to have an abortion. Okay, we're going to have an abortion. And then it was like, okay, well, it's getting on. Like, how do you have an abortion? And so, and I was feeling like, no. And my mom was like, you guys, uh, you guys should get married. And I was like, I feel like, I mean, I'll talk to him. And I I think we should maybe get married. And my mom thinks we should get married. And we're not getting married early because of a baby. (laughs) Anyway, uh, uh, anyway. Uh, so sort of it's going forward, still an abortion. And then I was like, oh, let's name it. Let's name it. We don't know if it's a boy or a girl, but let's name it so that at least it had a name. So we named, mm. we named it Aaron, A-A-R-I-N, a bit boy, a bit girl. And I was just trying to make it real and, um, mm. wasn't real enough. We're still headed toward abortion. So then, um, we are drive. I, I, you can get, anyways, we were driving toward the hospital, um, uh, around Christmas. And, uh, it was like, okay, then we're going to figure out when we go in for this other thing, we're going to figure out how you have an abortion. This was the plan. And so we drove up and I was just like in the parking lot. I'm like, I can't do it. I cannot, I can't do it. I'm not, I'm not going to have an abortion. Um, and he said, well, I just think, you know, like we can't, we can't play house. I don't want to play house. And I'm like, I think playing house was what we were doing. I think this is real. Um, this is this is a baby. I'm not having an abortion. So he said, "Okay, well then we're having a baby." And uh, I said I wouldn't cry. <laughs> but from that time on, he was really good. He was he just he right away talked to my belly and you know 
hi, baby. And he just, he, he turned around and, and we were having a baby. So then he had to tell his mom. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, but um, yeah, so I mean, it's, it's powerful. Like I took my pregnancy test in the mall, you know, for that mm-hmm. baby. You know, we we're going to meet in the mall because he's working with his dad. Where are we going to meet to do this test? So, and then he's late, he's late. So then I'm like, I gotta, I'm going to go take the test. So I go take the test in like the mall bathroom. And I'm like, and I come out and I'm like, oh my, and I come out and I'm like, and he's like, oh my goodness. And then we're, we're leaving the mall. Like, and we run into my grandma. who's like, hi guys. And we're like. And she's like, oh, Calvin, you look like you got hit by a train. And we're like thinking, (laughs) a very tiny train just ran us over. Yep. And then she's like, come have lunch. So we're having lunch with my grandma. And it's just like, there's just so many circumstances around. I mean, it's a big deal when you have a baby at any age. Even when you were planning Mm -hmm. it and you take that pregnancy test, it's a big deal. But in those circumstances, it's, it's a lot. And there's a lot of choices and decisions that have to be made after that, that you just need help. What if my mom hadn't Mm. supported me? You know, like Mm. what if he had lost his job? You know, like there's Mm. just so much that's needed. So, um, so that is where that came from. I think just that sense, I don't know. And then just God says, he just says things to us. Right. So yes, um, that's where that came Mm. from. (laughs) I, yeah, as you're, as you're sharing that story, Marcy, I just keep thinking like how beautiful and amazing. And again, like it makes me so speechless that God redeems our stories. Mm -hmm. Like the way that he speaks to us, like the way that you knew at a young age that you just had a, a, like we're drawn to Quebec. Right. And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, he's just so, so good. Um, Yeah. I, it blows my mind that he redeems our stories and uses it for good, for, for his good and for our good. Mm-hmm. Um, so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Mm-hmm. What have been, you've alluded to, to some things, but specifically in ministry, what have been the greatest joys and the greatest challenges over the last however many years you've been serving with, with YFC? Mm-hmm. I think the joys are, um, it's just a joy that this is our work. Um, mm. I think everybody like to, 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 our job is to listen to him and do what he wants us to do. Right. Like mm-hmm. now I, to qualify that, I think that's all of our job, whether you're a plumber or uh, an accountant mm-hmm. or a lawyer or an anybody and anybody you, we're meant to be doing what God has for us to do. So, um, so missionaries, it's no special extra, mm-hmm. you know, anyway, it, we're all meant to be doing we better if we were meant to be a doctor and we go be a missionary because that qualifies, you know, no, you do what he says mm-hmm. to you to do. But, uh, but I just feel like the, just the joy of getting to look at him and say, what do you have for me today? And what do you want me to do? And like, people will sometimes say, well, I mean, we're going to invite God into our project. And, uh, I'm like, no, no way, Jose. No, mm-hmm. we, if we didn't think he wanted us, if he didn't say, go do that thing, then you, we shouldn't have done it. We shouldn't have, why did we even think about it? We should have missed it then, like just skipped over that. So it's just to be able to have our job be, what do you want us to do, God? And then we do that. That feels um, so good. So good. That's the biggest joy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the challenge is it has been challenging to communicate vision. 
Um, mm. And I've learned a lot about communicating vision over the years, but that has been the biggest challenge is how to sort of be in that balance where you see something and, and to communicate it in a way that can invite people alongside and to deal with my own sense of that vision in the midst of it and what does it mean and just to sort of have discernment around vision and, and communicate that and share it. That is, uh, that it has been very challenging. I've learned a lot through the challenge and gotten much, I think, better at that. But, um, but yeah, it, uh, that's been the challenge. Mm. Yeah. There's a lot of power in things like Canva. <laughs> Maybe that's a bad plug for Canva, but something like that, that you can just, um, give vision, give even just mm. a little visual. I find I do so many things that are not useful except to communicate the point. Like when you spike something, la, 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 la. And they're like, yeah, but in the end, what does that really mean? So you have to find ways to like, really, this is what it looks like. You know, mm -hmm. like, oh, okay. Yes. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think you're doing a great job of communicating the vision right now. So. Yes, I was just uh, going to say. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> good. Um, so your husband also works for YFC, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So what is that like, uh, as both of you work in ministry? So that's a really cool part of the story too, of our calling. Like, I mean, God is so good. He really is so mm. thorough and he, like, he gave us plan A's and plan B's and like just comfort to let us know, like, okay, if this doesn't work, I mean, I can work with older people. Like, yes, there are seniors residences here. Yes. You know, he just gave backups and coming to tour the building, we didn't know, but we came for the first time. And when we saw, we were like, oh, it's part of a youth center and like there's a woodworking shop and he was he's a construction worker he works in construction and we're just like mm. this is so amazing like God has given us both work in this you know wow. like he's gonna you get to work in youth work and 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 the shop in in the, the work that you do like and you get to do it with with youth which he wanted to do these things he had a heart for this from a teenager as well for working wow. with youth sort of the drop-in scenario there was a drop-in in a town just near us and he was like always talking about that and it'd be great to buy that building and have a youth center and like it's uh, you know and anyway so god just gave him uh, also work in it too and then you know to be able to support the young dads and stuff like that as well but i mean you know anyway he gave him full work too so that was yeah, so he works in it. So he has to, he, he, he can't, he's too sick to be able to sort of have the responsibility, financial responsibility for our family. But that's great about YFC too, is they, they work with your mission and your heart and your capacity and time. And so mm -hmm. as long as he's healthy enough, he's working with, uh, with the youth. And then when he's too sick, he goes and has a transplant and comes back to life for some time. And then he comes back to his job and, and, um, and does his work. So, and he also is the one who's taking care of the kids more. He, he's at home. So he works part-time. He works eight hours. He's worked up to kind of 12 hours, but he, um, he does that and carries that responsibility because we do have six children. So, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> So there's all that. So I don't even think, and they're in different school boards. And so he thinks about when the ped days are and whether we have groceries. And like, I still cook dinner because I, I, it's a, it's a real sacrifice not to be the one at home raising and being the family I, homemaker. It's a full-time job to be a homemaker. Um, mm. But uh, anyway, he, he, he does most of that. And so, but it's great. It's, it's good. And I mean, he does his thing and I do mine. Uh, we've been married 20 years, healthy boundaries. This is a very important thing for a healthy and long-term relationship. So, 
uh, yeah, but it's cool to work together alongside. It's even cool to be able to have that relationship where we can just be people also in our job um, mm. and, and be with our colleagues just as people in our job. And, and so it's good. Mm. That's yeah. really cool. Uh, what have been the biggest lessons you've learned about yourself and God over the last 10 years? Um, I think just to trust him is really the biggest lesson. It just continues. Um, just that he really does have us. He really does have a plan. Like faith is terrifying. Like it really is like, but he's just pulls through whether I've decided to lean on him or not, you know, whether I went into a total meltdown or completely freaked out or not, like he, he just comes through. So finally, I just have been real, realized, you know, like, jeepers, the only one who's hurting from this freaking out is me. He's, he pulls, mm. he just takes care. He, he's got it. Like, I don't need to freak out. Um, it just, it's okay. Like, look out for him. Like, like, look out. He's looking out for me. Like, you know, like the, the prodigal son. Like, he, he's there for us. He's there. He's just, just rest mm-hmm. in that. And so, like, on the water, he's there picking us up. Like, he's, he's there. So just trust that. That's what I've learned the most. Mm-hmm. I'm still learning. I'm sure I will learn that all, always, all through. But he just <laughs> is so faithful. <laughs> Mm. yeah wow that is beautiful you I just love your story and your heart like wow I'm just sitting here like it's just so beautiful to see how your faith has just carried you through all these years and all the different things and just your confidence in him is beautiful so um thank you so much for sharing your story and uh, here on the Work Friends podcast, we like to ask everybody this question to end off our episode. And that is, what is the best piece of advice you've been given? Yeah, gee, I don't know. You know, I guess I'd have to say, I was thinking, uh, yeah, I'd have to say it would be, um, there was a woman when we were on our honeymoon in Hawaii that which ended up being with my family anyways, because this is what happens when you get married because of an unplanned pregnancy and you're 18 anyways, you go on your honeymoon with your family. But we did get to have a dinner where we were honored as one of the newlyweds. And, uh, and the, this, this couple stood up and said, uh, they gave advice. And so she said, my advice would be to be kind, be kind to one another, just be kind. It's going to make all mm. the difference. And so I know that's a, that's maybe that that was in the context of newlyweds, but I think it's also just, uh, it's a good advice as people just be kind to each other. Just wake up every day and be kind. Um, mm. it's certainly, I thought about that all through my life. I carry that little, little thing in my pocket. Just, mm. just be kind. Mm. Marcy, thank you so much. I personally am so encouraged um, hearing your heart and to like the hard and difficult things in your life. Like I, even just one of those things, like your husband being sick, like that is like on its own, a really hard thing. Um, And you throw in a whole bunch of other things. It's like, it, it can be a lot, but I'm just so encouraged by your faithfulness and your trust in Jesus and um, you being faithful to where he has placed you now. 
So thank you (laughs) for what you do. Thank you for the youth that you serve. Thank you so much for, yeah, taking the time to share your heart, to share your vision, to share, yeah, pieces of your story. We are so thankful. So thank you for joining us today. Yes. Thank you for having me. You guys are doing a great job. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We have more amazing conversations like this coming up that you will not want to miss. So make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're using so you never miss a Monday episode. And you can follow us along, get some updates and resources on our Instagram and Facebook by following at Just Work Friends. And we'd love it if you gave us a review. That way we know what you're enjoying and it helps us out a lot. So until next time, we'll see you later. See you later. Have a great week. Aww, Bye. so kind. <laughs> I mean it. I really do. Yeah. We really do hope you're having a good week. <laughs> until next time. <laughs> Bye.